Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shaco Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> This is Lou Dort, and I'm Down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, never at noon on a Friday, is Jay Smith. Jay, what's up? What's up? It's, uh, it's a post-Thanksgiving for me, pre-Thanksgiving for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were just, we were just talking about how terrible Thanksgiving was. Oh my gosh, I haven't even celebrated Thanksgiving yet. Just, uh, you know, just, just my kids being sick and everything being uh, as awful as possible the last uh, 48 hours, so... Uh yeah, that's that's what's going on over here. So we're we're just gonna answer as many questions as we can for you guys today. Hope everybody else had a great Thanksgiving. And if you are just having a regular week and not living in the USA, uh hope your week is good too. Uh all right, let's go to a question from at seven A underscore mountain. Basically, this is the the Thunder artist of the century. Uh she's amazing. Always does post game art. That uh, you know, she gets she gets some retweets or some some love from the thunder on uh, on the reg. So big shouts to her. Uh, the question is, do you think Giddy's struggles are caused by the absence of bigs who can roll to the rim this season? If so, how much? She mentions that favors and he had some some comfort in the way that they played. What do you think, Jay? <sighs> so. I honestly, like, I know that Giddy, there were some struggles from Giddy in that Denver game, and a mm-hmm. lot of people have just kind of, it's a continuation of the season. It hasn't been as noticeable to me, honestly. I think that the turnovers are probably the most frustrating thing. He only had three in that game against Denver, which is not, I mean, not bad at all, but it is one of those things that it felt like, especially in the overtime, that you would rather have other guys on the floor, which is where it becomes problematic. Sure. Um what creates his problems? I think there's a lot of layers to that. I think that there is some validity to what she said. Um, not having a big that can, I mean, truthfully, this whole team is hindered by the fact that they don't have really a traditional big. Like when they put Mike out there, you can tell it's a little bit better. Uh, but JRE, as much as I love JRE, um, he's most definitely a power forward and, yeah. and, the a small ball spacing center like not yeah and and part of it is there there's just really nobody on this team that sets a good screen (laughs) you know 
It's just well, and it's almost I've noticed this early on though, Andrew, is it feels like one of the things that they also don't real they don't try. They do a lot more screen and slip than they do, yeah. you know, kind of an intentional get some space for somebody. You'll see it occasionally. I, I'm trying to figure out, like going back a little bit to the Denver game, like you can tell that even with some of the rotations that Mark Mark really is playing a longer game than uh than than fans are and i was frustrated during that denver game because i was looking at some of the rotations and there was i think it was in the second quarter and denver kind of opened the door to have an opportunity for the thunder to catch up a little bit and you know once you set Jokic, basically their their second unit was a bunch of guys that i'd never heard of um and so but i was watching that and that's when omayori played that's when you just had some strange lineups on the floor. And then you look over on the bench and you're like, Kenrich and Wiggins would have been critical to a real attempt to try to make that game something in that second quarter. And they got mm-hmm. DMPs, you know, and I don't know if there's something else going on, but it looked like they were fine uh, just on the sidelines. I know Mike's hurt, but yeah, no, the they're other fine. two guys. It's no, just, they could have they they play. played. Yeah, I think. So I mean, it's, it's it's about just wanting to get looks at everybody, honestly. Yeah, yeah, which is it's hard because what Taylor had mentioned when I was just using our text thread as my uh, the old Daily Thunder comment section is mm-hmm. when I was uh, <laughs> complaining about the game. He's like, Jay, this is you have to remember, like this is the first time that we've had legit expectations or desires for this team to win. Like yeah. we're still because of what's happened so far this season is our expectations are so different, but that. It's clearly not the same expectations that Mark has, and and we can probably assume not the same as Sam. Uh, anyway, all that to say that like we do, we have put a tremendous amount of expectations on Giddy, and I think that's probably pretty unfair. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why it's not working. I think some of it is mental. I think he gets frustrated himself. I think he's trying to do too much. Uh, and then trying to fit into an offense where it's a little bit clunky for him. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, I'd like to get a little more consistent data on um, lineups situations. Like, they're not really staggering Giddy and Shea like you kind of wanted them to. Well, and, they did or, earlier or like, in the season. They're trying to get them yeah. to play together more. That's more important than them staggering at this point, right? Yeah, it felt like they were trying more so to win those minutes when they staggered them. And I think there's, I think there's intent behind all of it. You know, I don't think this is just yep. Mark just pulling whatever lever he thinks is going to work for them. Like this is, they have like a set plan. Like, hey, like, and they'll have conversations with these guys. They've done this with Jeremiah. They've done it with Wiggins. They've done it with Kenrich. They've done it with Mike. They've done it with a lot of these guys. Is they'll tell them before the game, hey, I need to get a look at somebody. You know, these three guys. And so, in order to do that, you've got to sit tonight. And they're up front with them. It's not just like a mystery. Like, oh, let's see if I can play this guy tonight. No, I mean, they they know what they're doing. And, like, honestly, like, the results that happened this year, I don't I don't think they really matter <laughs> to, to anybody, like, within the team or anybody. I mean, I don't know that for sure, but I just don't get the impression that it's something that they're super worried about. And you look at just like the two man groups for the Thunder, and there's just a lot that just aren't really working. And I'm just intrigued to see how these develop. 
Like Shay and Lou are a positive. They're a plus 1.8 on the season, which is pretty good. Um, Shay and Giddy are a minus 9.8 so far this season. Giddy and Dort are a minus 10. Shay and Poku are a minus 1. I mean, there's just a lot of these two-mans that just aren't working. <laughs> one that does work. And maybe maybe this is a maybe this is a stealth tank here. Uh, Shay and Wiggins are a plus twelve, uh, which is pretty interesting. How? Uh, what's Shay and Isaiah Joe? It's got to be through the roof. Hold on, let me see if I can find it. It's not very many minutes is the problem, um, but it's got to be through the roof because the the two games where Isaiah Joe has come in and just like flipped the script. I mean, he was what was he the other night? Plus seventeen. Yeah, the he, other was, night. he was seven of ten from the three point line. <laughs> he was so good. I, what do you? Isaiah, what Isaiah, do we do with that? What do we do with Isaiah Joe? Like, what's the? I just, I don't know. What I, do we do with him? I mean, it's hard for me not to look at Isaiah Joe, especially against the Nuggets, and be like, he's the shooter that we want Trey Mann to be. Yeah, Gilders Alexander and Joe are a plus twenty eight and a half and yeah, fifty. It's only pretty, 50 minutes. So. Yeah, yeah, and he just does exactly what you want, where he's a spacer, and you could see the defense against the Nuggets. You could see the de- defense intentionally switching the way they defended it when he was on the floor, which is going to ultimately give them so many more options if they can get. They need a shooter. They need a shooter, mm-hmm. like a pure guy that can be on the floor for a long time. And right now, Isaiah Joe is just about the only guy you trust out there outside of Shea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that would get consistent looks. You know, as a as a perimeter player, I know Jerry is still probably shooting over forty percent, and Omiyuri has probably dropped back down on earth a little bit. But but Isaiah Joe is he was special in that night, man. He is one of those guys that when he shoots, you kind of trust that it might be going in. Uh, that's why I love, and I've mentioned this in the text thread. There's two guys that in the draft thinking about where the Thunder could be for mm-hmm. 2023, and just recognizing they're not. I wouldn't assume that they're going to have top three odds. Things could change, but yeah. I would not assume that they're going to have that fourteen and a half percent or thirteen and a half percent to get top odds. But, yeah. uh, but then you start getting into the Cam Whitmore, which Vasini's top one hundred came out today. He's number four on his top one hundred. Yeah, awesome. uh, but Grady Dick out of Kansas is the guy that I'm like he, he like. Where is he on Sam's theory, list? I haven't looked at Sam's. Oh, list I didn't yet. even see what his number was on that. But but if you look it. at, I'll look that up while we're talking. But but if you look at a skill set, uh, competitor, tall. Looks like he's got a good NBA wing body on top of that to mention the fact that like one of the things that it seems like he's going to be elite at is shooting. Yeah, He could just be kind of that piece that, I don't know, man. It just would be a huge deal for 15th. this team. Yeah, 15th. Yeah. So Yeah, I, I like, it. I like him too. I think they, they need somebody like him. I think that that's – I also like Anthony Black out of Arkansas. is really interesting. Yeah. He like screams yeah. thunder player to me just because he – just knows what's going on on the court. Um, there's some interesting players in this draft outside of the top two. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun draft. Now, I think this will be not. I'm not trying to hijack this for draft conversation. We have plenty of time to do that. Oh yeah, I do think that there's some intrigue to for the Thunder timeline, plus their assets, plus the the depth of talent in this group to see them utilize some of these future assets to get maybe two guys in the top 15 in this draft. It makes a ton of sense to me, but that'd be great. I'd yeah. be very I'd be very into that. Yeah, this with regards to shooting, I mean, they've got five guys. So 
you can say, let's say six guys shooting above 38% from three so far this season. Shea at 38%. He's 19 of 50. Aaron Wiggins, who's 10 of 25. Uh, Poku, my sturdy boy Poku, 42.3% from three on 22 of 52. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, just a little bit ahead of Poku at 22 of 51, 43%. Eugene dropped to 46%, 6 of 13. And then Isaiah Joe, 15 of 29, 51.7% from three. Um, pretty wild. I, it's, I'm sorry. Like, I, I still don't think I realized that Poku is shooting 42.3% from the three point line. He, he's doing that. He's 50% from the field, 60 of 120 this season. The only place where he just cannot buy a bucket is the free throw line. He's eight of 15 from the free throw line, but he just doesn't well, shoot free throws either. So. <laughs> it was actually a pretty, pretty pivotal moment in that game is yeah. when he went on yeah. the free throw line, missed the first one, but I think it was Jokic or Gordon stepped into the lane, which they never call that. Yeah. Yeah. Like never call that. And then they got a second one and it, it hit almost identical way of missing. Uh, but then he made the second one, but I yep. don't know. That was a fun game. I, it was a fun game. The thunder I thought had every chance to win the game, obviously, but, just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question at Twice Gotti. What are you most thankful for with this team? Uh, that it's it's enjoyable and fun to watch this year. Mm-hmm. Like I'm enjoying every single game. It's must see TV for me. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, it's got to be Poku. Poku's like at the top of the list for me. He's just so much fun to yeah. watch this season. 10 points, 5 boards, 1.7 assists, almost 2 blocks per game, and then just like actually making shots. I mean, we said that last year. I mean, that's, I, you know, I've probably said the phrase several times. Like, you, At some point, you have to make shots. <laughs> you know, like the, the push and the pace and being a connector or whatever is just not enough if you can't make shots. And he's, you know... He heard you. He's on fire out the gate. I don't know that it continues at this clip where he's... 50 40, at least 50 40 50 right now. But even if he stayed at that, I mean, that would be outrageous. <laughs> you know, it has to be one of the first times in the history that somebody that shot over 40% from the three, three point line shot 50% from the free throw line. <laughs> I think it's, I think uh, Bruce Bowen did that back yeah, in the day. That makes sense. Um, similar players, you know, they're very, yeah, very similar. Well, I'm still just, my mind is still blown that. When I asked Mark about him in the preseason, that Mark mentioned Draymond Green whenever he mentioned Poku, you know, it's just like what? Like, excuse me, what does that mean? Um, but yeah, uh, super thankful for Poku, and obviously, like Shea's season has been like I, I don't even I don't even know what to say anymore. I mean, he's thirty-one, five and six, one point eight steals, one point four blocks, shooting fifty-one percent from the field, thirty-eight percent from three, ninety-one point seven percent from the line. And 14 for 14 in this last game. And this was like, this is the I'm a superstar game because he did not shoot it well from the field. He's five, no, he's eight of 20, but 14 of 14 from the free throw line to get to his 30 points. Like, that was like the Kevin Durant special back in the day, where it's yep. like, how, wait, how did Kevin get 30 again? You know, I mean, that, that's Shea right now. It's just, how does he, how does he do that? I mean, he's been, He's been outrageous this season, and you know whatever you think about Giddy and whatever else, I don't know. 
Like this is this is still more than what we could have asked for <laughs> from Shea, honestly, and from this team. That it 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 almost takes the expectations of everybody else up a little bit because like oh we're getting this great stuff from Poku we're getting this great stuff from Shea well where well, where is it from this guy or where's you know where's Trey Man where is this where's that and it's like well like, you can only get like, so much like if everybody improved then this team would just be like a a title contender but when you look at Shea's game logs I mean it's 31 points, 30 points. He had the the one down game in Memphis where he had 15, but then it was 42, 37, 37, 20, 39, 33, 18, 37, 34, 38, 24, 33, 28, 32. It's like, holy smokes. Like, this guy just gets buckets every single night, and there's just is nothing a, anybody can do. Is it at all concerning? So after that Washington game, where he went absolutely bananas, 14 to 22, right? Like incredible, mm-hmm. incredible game winning shot, all those different things. He is in a bit of a slump, shot 33% against Memphis, 40, 41% against mm-hmm. New York, uh, and then and then 40% against Denver. Like, is there anything of that that's concerning, or you think it's just a natural ebb and flow of a yeah, I think season. He, yeah, I think he's cooled off a little bit from what he was, and he'll bounce back, and he'll have another week where he shoots poorly. I mean, that's just that's just how guys perform. But if you're still finding ways, whenever you're in a quote unquote slump, to get thirty, yeah, like the past two games, he's gotten thirty and thirty-one when he's not shooting well. Yeah, and both of those is because I mean, he was twelve of thirteen against the Knicks, and then fourteen of fourteen against the Nuggets, and so yeah. that's the way to do it. If you would have gotten a call in Memphis. For whatever reason, they just weren't blowing the whistle in Memphis. You know, he had the one free throw that was a tech free throw. And, like, that was it, which is crazy. And Mark talked about it after the Nuggets game. They He was asked about his own tech that he got. It was off of a, a, a foul that he believed should have been called oh. on Poku. But then... Yes. He went in to talk about how they lead the league in drives and how, you know, most calls that are... Most fouls are in the paint. And they live in the paint, and but they don't get the same respect, basically. And so, a lot of that was with Shea. I mean, he is. I'm in earshot of him during most home games, and he is constantly screaming at the officials, calling them by their first name, which I think is just so funny. Just screaming at them by their first name, calling them over, and saying Gilgis Alexander this, Gilgis Alexander that. That's so. It's just uh, he's fighting for him. And I mentioned this the other day that Shea doesn't really fight for himself all that often, or doesn't really very dramatically fight for himself as far as free throws go. In fact, like he goes out of his way after games to just talk about how the officials are human beings, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which can be refreshing, but it's also just like he might as well just say, "Hey, I love money, and I don't want to lose money." Yeah, I don't want to pay the league thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> no thanks. Yeah. So, anyways, he's been. Absolutely unbelievable. But yeah, lots to be thankful for at this team. Yeah. Uh, let's see. At 405 Fan, who has been better this year between Giddy, Dort, Poku, and J-Dub? Let's rank those four as far as oh, how no, good, I don't want to do that. How good they've been this year. I think of those four, I'd put... Who'd they say? So J-Dub, po- uh, Poku, Dort, Giddy? Mm-hmm. I'd say Giddy fourth. Yeah. I think that's fair. Oh, this is total bias homerism. I would say Dort third. Okay. Poku 
second and J-Dub first? I kind of think Poku's been so good on both ends. Yeah, it's it's just hard to detach like the homerism inside of me where I'm like, I wouldn't... I think if you're grading on a scale of versus expectation, that's probably more so why Poku's number one on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I, yeah, I, I mean, get he's that. been awesome. And I... I I mean, it's partially joking, but I think there is some reality to the fact that I, you can see a distinct difference in this team when he's on the floor as far as when they play and when he's not. Like, those few games that he's missed with the ankle injury, like, he he makes an impact on this team, which is mm-hmm. probably a, a sign of why they're not quite ready to make a run the way people think they are, but at the same time, it's an yeah. encouraging reality of of what his potential could be. Yeah. No, I think that's right. Dort has... Dort is just the loudest mistake maker of this group. Mm-hmm. That makes it tough to, you know, really give him props. For the stuff yeah, it's probably does. unfair. Um, he shot the ball pretty well. I'm trying to pull up the stat in NBA.com slash stats is being slow for me. But he shot the ball well from three recently. And especially in that Nuggets game, I thought that he played really well. I thought defensively he was spot on. I thought that he took the right kinds of shots, yeah, too. Yeah, he was great in that game. I thought I thought he played really well. Yeah, he is. Man, these numbers are crazy. So the last five games from three, he's 45.8% on almost five attempts. So he is. he's played really well. That's Dort? Yeah. That's awesome. It's the last five games. Let me see if if I can not have the worst podcast ever with NBA.com just not going fast enough, and it's probably my computer. But he, it's, fit, it's fitting for the week, week, man. It is. It's spot on for the way that my life has been this week. Um, yeah, he. I mean, he's definitely. It's a. It's like turning around the Titanic with him, though. The last ten games, he is forty percent from three. On five attempts per game, I mean, it's what's he's thirty percent now on the season, but it's like turning around the Titanic with how bad his percentages were to start the season. He was bricking so many threes and taking so many threes that yeah, he's gone a ten game stretch shooting forty percent on five attempts per game, but it still is like barely made the dent that you wanted to, yeah, um, because it was just so bad, but. I think Dort's been better lately. I think that he's played really well. He's taken more corner threes. He's playing really good defense. Yeah. I mean, I would... Once I, again, that's why I'm saying it's it's expectations and probably personal preference, honestly. Yeah. Like, I I have... I mean, I really do love J-Dub's game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just, I like what he brings. He was probably his best game, and I'm not... This is just... I'll tell you, probably his best game of the season against the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously got the minutes as part of that. He was the uh, fifth most minutes. Well, no, fourth most minutes yeah. of the entire team. And and pay, it paid off, right? He's two yeah. or three from the three-point line, which that's a big deal. He doesn't. He does not generate a ton of confidence in me when he shoots the three right now. Yeah, it's pretty uh, flat. But the only way you're going to get there is by figuring it out and continue to do so. But six mm-hmm. to six from the free throw line. Uh, four nine overall. Like I don't know. I thought I just thought it was a good game. He also fouled out, uh, but which I didn't even realize that. But probably a reason why Giddy played so much in overtime. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's been really fun. 
I think 405 fan asks this because it's a really hard question. Because I think that there's, if we're judging Dort from the last 10 games, he's probably been the best guy of that group. Um, but yeah. you have to you have to give the whole season. So I think that Dort's kind of in the middle of that group. Poku to me is at the top. And Giddy, I mean, you look at Giddy's like overall stats, and it's like I don't know, like he's been okay. Like he has not been as as bad as what people, you know, make it out to be. You know, fifteen points per game, seven boards, almost six assists per game. You know, the only thing that's rough is that he's just not shooting well from three, but he's fifty two percent from two. You know, I mean, that's that's good enough. <laughs> you know, that's good enough for for Giddy. And he's just got the three ball, just we need to see it fall a little bit more. And he's got to shoot a little bit better around the rim as well. But I don't know, man. I feel like he's he's been pretty good. And corner threes this season, Giddy's 66%. It hadn't been on a high volume. But if you can get him corner threes, I mean, that's that's a shot that he has proven that he can make. So I think that we're, we're hard on, on Josh, mostly because he's – of all those guys, he's the highest drafted guy. He's the one that is thought of as a part of the core more than any of those four. But and he's going to be under the microscope just a lot more than everybody else too. So, but I like that group of players. It's it's great that there's positives to take away from all four of those guys. You know, where like one of them's a rookie, one in Poku was just a mystery box of a player, and then I think Gideon Dort were kind of where they were last year as well, but to add those two to this group is like, that's pretty good. Um, Jack T says start bench cut. Here's our first group of start bench cut. Poku, J-Dub, Trey Mann. Okay. Say the start bench cut, Poku, Trey Mann, and Poku, J-Dub, Trey Mann. Also, can you close your eyes and tell me how many minutes Trey Mann played against the Nuggets? Oh, I kind of maybe looked at this. I think it's like 12 or something. 18. Yeah, 18 minutes. It was, uh, I mean, he just... He has not been the same since coming back from that injury, to be fair. Uh, exactly. He had. He just didn't do anything in that yep. game. But, um, okay, All right, start so, bench cut. Well, that makes me think that I'm cutting Trey Mann. Yeah. Are you, who are you st- gonna, are you, who are you going to start? I- I mean, we can't follow up the conversation we just had and not say that I'm starting Alexi Pokashevsky. Oh, yes. Yeah, you got to. You got to. And then you're going to bench J-Dub. I think that's probably correct. Uh, next one. Start bench cut. Usman Jang, Wiggins, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Oh, you're going to hate me for this. Uh, I'm cutting Jing. Probably not not really who we should cut, but just on a personal level. Oos has got poor Oos. He's been sick this week too. Now he's getting all this uh, all this stuff from Jay. Poor Usman. It makes genuinely no sense. Like he is the highest upside of those three, without question. I'm just like I youngest of the three. I mean, like I I think he's four years younger than Wiggins or JRE. Those are my dudes, man. They're they're awesome. And I think Wiggins is a. I think he would play on a lot of teams. I think he's just a good basketball player, and I think a really good pick, you know, in the late second round for the Thunder. Uh, he's just a good player. Jeremiah is. I would probably 
start. Hold on, wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Are we cutting Jay Will like J- Jalen Williams? Huh? No, no, no. Usman, oh, okay. Usman Jing, Wiggins, Jeremiah. Okay, okay, okay. All right. I was like, when you when you said second round, I forgot that Wiggins was second round. Okay. Yeah, sorry. yeah. Um, I'm probably I'm starting uh, Aaron Wiggins because every every game that he starts, the Thunder win. So I'll I'll start Wiggins. I'll bench Oos and I'll cut Jeremiah. I just I there there's a lot there with Jang. It is a volatile situation. <laughs> I think that things could be great. I think he could be out of the league. You know, I don't know. I have no idea what to think about him. But it's just not time to make any judgments on him either and i'm not saying that you're doing that specifically i just think sure. that you like no i am it's unfair <laughs> i i own it like i 100 percent am but so there's i didn't a, love him going into the draft right he i was not a big usman fan either at the draft however i do i i start to understand why they did what they did with him um so let me pull up this quote mark had this quote about jang a few days ago that I thought was really interesting. Um, let's see. Gosh, I'm struggling today. Like I'm just just straight up struggling with. It's just been about, a week, man. Just about everything today. But he just talked about how there's a a long runway. Here it is. He said, "Us is so young. It's easy to get lost in the season. We're trying to develop the team, and the window we're looking at is super long term. We're trying to take the long view with him and the team." He's a player who needs patience and needs to be worked with. So there's like, I mean, that's Mark just identifying right away that, hey, this guy is going to take time and he needs a lot of work. And the, the Thunder are developing a track record where they can, you can feel a little bit more trusting of that with a guy like Poku, who at times looked hopeless. You know, yes, and yeah, Jing hasn't looked that chaotic. No, he he just disappears. Is the thing with with Jang? He doesn't play with force. He doesn't. I mean, I, I watched him in person play the ignite, and I if I would have said, "Hey, guess the guy on the blue that was a lottery yeah. pick in the last draft," I think it would have you would have guessed seven guys before you got to him, and just you would have been like the tall guy. That moves pretty good, like that guy. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's the guy. I think you would have you would have had to go to a lot of a lot of different guys, cycle through them to figure out who it was, just because he can fade into the background. But I think that's a, I mean, that's a really good quote from Mark, not only on Jang but for this whole the team. team. It makes sense to the rotations. Yes, being that that's his his way of moving forward. Yes. So I just think that's something to keep in mind. Is that the it's the team is starting to come into focus, and that I think pushes the fan base closer to expectations. Yep. But I 100% nailed it. That doesn't push the team to it, though. I think it's something that I think Mark is trying to get that across is that we're, this is, we're taking a long view. Shea's been awesome. We believe in Giddy, Dort. We know Chet's coming back next year. Poku's taking a step up. We believe in J-Dub. But still, this is going to be a long process. And so 
for those of you that are like, what can they do at the trade deadline? What are we going to do? You know, if somebody comes available this summer, if this, I mean, you can go ahead and just nix all of that. Any of those kind of thoughts. Like you can just remove those thoughts just completely because they want this to have a long runway. And nothing has changed, too. Like, I, I think the way that we have enjoyed the Thunder this year, that's the only thing that's changed. Nothing the team does has changed. Nothing that they're going to do has changed. I think it just is. I think the Thunder are what they are, and they're going to continue to do it. Whether they win a ton of games or they don't, they're still going to say, yeah, that's great. This is a long runway. Oh, we lost 10 in a row? Yep, long runway. Oh, we won 10 in a row? That's cool. Still going to be a long runway. And I think that's just the way that it's going to be. And so I just thought that was kind of a little bit of insight into the way that um, that, that Mark and the team are thinking about this. Uh, let's see. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com dunk. That's linkedin.com dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. This is from at James Ingle 29. Uh, what, predict your season high for J-Dub. Is it wild to think he could score 30? No. Especially if we're in April. Would and, you go, and would you go over under 30? I'd probably go under, but he could, he could have a night where the, the only thing to me is just, is he going to take enough shots? And he would, to me, he it would have to be a night where maybe Shea is, is out and maybe even Giddy's out, and he's like the primary ball handler for the night. And then, yeah, he could do that. But he may not have that opportunity. To me, it's does is he going to have that kind of opportunity at some point this season? I would lean toward yes, he is going to. But to me, it's shot attempts. I mean, he's had double-digit shot attempts in four games this yeah. whole season. In 14 games, only four times has he taken double-digit shots. It's yeah, just, even in that game where he played 30 minutes, he only shot nine times. Yeah, you just can't get to 30. <laughs> That way, yeah, no. yeah. Against Denver, he took nine shots and had sixteen points. I mean, to me, it's. I mean, he's playing pretty efficient basketball. I think he's taking the right kinds of shots, and you know, he's shooting fifty percent from the field. Have you noticed? Cause I tried to kind of articulate this maybe last Friday. Is that Jay will? I know he still has some decent percentages finishing at the basket, but mm-hmm. it definitely there are moments where he tries to play it off the backboard and it just, he does not have that finesse shot down yet. Mm-hmm. I think he finishes well, obviously when he's attacking the rim and he can dunk it. Uh, but man, when he tries to do something else, it gets, I don't know. It gets kind of sketchy. That's my only, that's one of my only things. I think his three point shot makes me nervous. And then he does this little backboard. It's almost like a trying to lay it up kind of thing but it just hits so hard off the backboard yeah he's got he definitely needs to improve that i think maybe you're i think his first shot of the game was like that if i'm remembering right and i think to me he's trying to get a a foul call too is that he knows like he if he can get his body into somebody in the lane i think that he wants to you know get there and um, get a foul call, and he's been pretty good at that. I mean, he's getting to the free throw line quite a bit. You know, he's, I think he was like fifth or sixth on San Vecini's. I don't know. It's like rookie rankings. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, which is cool to see, and he's played like that. There's been some really good standout rookies, and I think he's just kind of on the tier below those guys, just because he's not. I mean, he's not like Paolo or Ben Matherin or anything like that, but he's playing a role on a on a team that's decent in Oklahoma city. And I think he's shown quite a bit, you know, there's a lot to be excited about with a guy like him, or I, th- I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot of people would say, Oh man, he's maybe low upside. I just don't, I don't agree with that. I think he's got too much skill to be a low, Absolutely. like a low ceiling guy. I think it's unfair to him to say that. Uh, let's see. Dort Poi says, what could OKC's version of the King's Beam be? We need that Beam Team vibes. It's The Beam is uh, it's one of my favorite things of the season. It's hilarious. It, I mean, it's taking over 
I mean, the Kings in general are kind of taking over a lot of the conversation, but that beam in specific. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> the Thunder just aren't going to do anything cool. So fair. That's what I'll say. I think they'll just uh, drop some confetti and and play the the song "Celebrate Good Times." Come on. Or maybe if they want to mix it up and go to the Black Eyed Peas, uh, I've got a feeling. I got a feeling. Be a good another one. Or taking care of business. If you want to play that one. Ooh. You know, you know maybe you get crazy. I don't know. Uh, Who does that fall on? Is that Sam that makes those decisions? <laughs> I don't think so. That would be really funny if it was. Like Sam is like, all right, it's a taking care of business kind of night. Let's do this. No, I didn't mean like the specific song. I meant more like, hey, this is what we're going to do for in-game entertainment. Is we're going to be as vanilla as possible. Oh, yeah, probably. I'm sure he. I mean, he definitely has. It's a, just a culture, organizational kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, maybe you could turn the paycom green lights to blue lights. It's a blue light night. You know, Ooh. that might be as cool as it would get, but I don't think yeah. they're going to do that. Obviously, Paycom paid money for those lights to be green. So I don't know. I just, I'm, I, Dort Poy, I'm sorry. I just don't, I just don't have faith in the Thunder doing anything cool. Um, they're just going to stay solid and, you know, not, you know, not take any chances. I think that's what they honestly. That's what I think they do is that they don't really take any chances on something being one way or yeah. the other. It's just like straight down the middle. We're just throwing fastballs only. Uh, okay, let's see. At underscore Tyler OKC, we have a lot of one-dimensional players. By this, I mean we have players who defend well but can't shoot consistently, or shooters that can't really defend. What do you think? is a smarter way of going about the next drafts drafting shooters and developing their defensive instincts or draft high upside defensive pieces and hope chip works his magic essentially what should be prioritized easier to develop shooting or defense that's a great question um i don't really I think all of us are a, are a little bit burned by waiting for Robertson to develop a shot. Yeah. You know, I know Tabo had one good season, I think maybe two good seasons, but yeah, for the most part, there's always been kind of that open, open wing spot where somebody wasn't efficient at shooting. And mm-hmm. so I think getting a shooter and this is where I, I think that there's natural defensive instincts that people can learn or people just come with. But I do think that a a good effort on that end can really cover up a lot of the mistakes. So if you've got a guy that can shoot well, but is willing to put in the work to improve, maybe he doesn't have the best like Giddy. I think Giddy has the potential to be a decent defensive player. And you see it from time to time. I think mm-hmm. often he's playing out of position defensively, like trying to guard wings is just not his thing because he doesn't have the foot speed. But I do think you have the will for Giddy. And and yeah. I think that, that the truth about defense is if you have that, you can really make up for a lot of the the natural instinctive uh, shortfalls of mm-hmm. somebody on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would kind of disagree with the assessment that I, I think that's true of the guys at the end of the roster. When we're talking about like Baisley and Isaiah Joe and Eugene and you know, Lindy Waters. Like, I think that's true of those guys. 
but like Wiggins and Trey Mann and Poku and J Dub and Giddy and Dort and Shea are not one dimensional players. Like these are multi dimensional players and decision makers. And I think that the one thing that we have to the one box that needs checked if we're checking draft boxes is can they make a decision? Because I think if they're going to be a part of the next iteration of the Thunder, you can't just be a shooter. You can't just be a defender. You have to be able to do multiple things, including make decisions with the basketball in order to be a part of this next team. And that's what like Jeremiah Robinson Earl can do that. You know, Kenrich Williams can do that. Aaron Wiggins can do that. Trey Mann, Poku. Like I went through the list before. Like this is this is to me like what the next version of the Thunder look like. And so sometimes you're gonna get a better defender out of that kind of player. And sometimes you're going to get a better shooter out of that kind of player. I think they, the hope is, and the reason they brought in chip is they want to turn these multi-dimensional playmaking play, you know, guys that are big and small and whatever into shooters too. And so I think they're, they're kind of tipping their hand a little bit and saying like, Hey, obviously we do, we believe in the defensive development that Mark and his team produce and dave bliss is like a huge part of that too but we're bringing in the best shooting coach that every that anybody's even aware of and we're I'm, i don't know what they're paying him it's got to be a lot of money and they're saying let's invest and let's see where we go and right now like we mentioned at the top of the show you have six players shooting 40 percent or 38 percent or better from three and that's not a, a common phrase and you can Take Eugene out of that because I just it's too small of a sample, but still having five guys doing that is like that's pretty good. And then you have the guys that toward the bottom, like I know Trey Mann's gonna be a better shooter than what he is. Um it's really just on Giddy and J dub and Dort. Like, can we get one of those guys to be decent? That to me is kind of where they're at right now as far as like drafting and whatnot. But yeah. Uh, let's see. This is from at Sam underscore Mark underscore Kelly. Predict, will you be higher on J-Dub than any active OKC player except Shea by New Year's, the All-Star break, end of the season, none of the above, or I already am? Think he, uh, none, he, of, none re- of the above. He's removing, he's definitely Chet. removing Chet from it. So, but yeah. Okay, who are I'm you? still none of the above. Okay. I still like the the potential of Poku. Mm-hmm. Like just because of his body, I mm-hmm. think it's the big difference. Mm-hmm. Jalen Williams, J Dub has length as far as his wingspan is is giant, mm-hmm. but he's not a, he's not the size of somebody that makes you go, oh man, this is could guy could be a unicorn kind of thing. Um I think that I still probably in I'm high on, I still am high on Giddy. I'm not giving up on Giddy, man. And I know there's yeah. some people in the Thunder fan base that are ready to do that, but I still pretty high on Giddy, mm-hmm. mainly because I also watched like last season and you see these glimpses of it where he's still performing at like the Knicks game in Madison Square Garden where he's unbelievable. And he even hits that, you know, spinning floater off the backboard in the, the overtime. Like there are moments where you see this potential of Giddy. I think Giddy is having the most trouble figuring out what his role is on a very Shea dominant team. Yep. 
And I think that we massively underestimate that and we massively underestimate the mental aspect of that to where you're, when you're thinking too hard, especially for a guy like Giddy, when you're thinking so hard about what's right and wrong to do is you're not going to be as instinctive as he naturally is. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's creating problems for him. And so he's trying like a lot of his turnovers are trying to force things that just aren't there. And, and when he's not thinking about it, he can back it out move the ball around but when he's trying to make himself assertive into this offense i think it creates these problems that's why i'm still really high on giddy as well yeah i i agree i think giddy i don't think he'll surpass giddy this season is it impossible that he does in the future no it's not impossible but i still think giddy has a a higher ceiling just because he's bigger and i think that the way that he processes and thinks the game the way that he works i just i believe in his future as well uh, let's see at K K Espenin. That's definitely not right. Uh, with KD recently complimenting the Thunder again, is it time that we finally bury the hatchet and forgive him? Bonus Twitter question: If he wanted to play on the team when he when his current deal expires with Shea, Giddy, Chet, and whoever we draft this year, do we retire his number? I think they're going to retire his number anyways. Yeah, and they should. Yeah. I'm I'm honestly I'm over the KD stuff. Like yeah. it sucks, but it's long enough now where I'm like, "Hey, eh, whatever." I would welcome him back to the team even if you wanted to come play. Yeah, we're uh, like three or four iterations of the team removed, you know, yeah. from from that pain. And, you know, things have gone poorly enough with him wanting with him leaving Golden State and him just <laughs> I know the, it's the like the Nets fail, the whole failure that situation. Happened. Yeah. Oh, it, it makes it if he was winning, if he won like five titles in a row, I think that I'd still have like this you know, this venom for him probably cuz it's just like man, that should have been here, man. That should have been here. Yeah, the whole Nets situation is like his penance. Yeah, like what's happening right now, I would I do not say that should have been here. I'm like I'm saying like I'm glad this is elsewhere. I'm glad that, that this goes to the Nets fans and that's not here right now. Uh, so, yeah, I think he, I mean, he is forgiven. You are, I mean, not that he has been waiting for any of us to forgive him. He doesn't care. But, yeah, I think it's time to forgive Kevin. And if he wants to come back as a free agent, super cool. That would be so much fun. I think that would be amazing. I think it would be amazing for his career to, if he decided, like, I just want to end it in Oklahoma City you know, I've done all I can do for Brooklyn or for whatever the team that he gets traded to. And he's like, look at this Thunder team. They're on the up and up. They really just kind of need one more piece. I'll be that one more piece. Is that a, a pipe dream that will never happen? Yep, it is. Yep, never going to happen. He's not going to do that. But would it be cool? Yes, very cool. I would be very, very much up on that happening. The last time you said that, man, was when you told me that Carmelo Anthony was never going to be a part of the Thunder. This, so. is, part, this is part of me making this is a it reverse happen. jinx, yes. and I like so, this. Good. So just it's yeah, good. yeah, it's never going to happen. Never. Yeah, never, never ever. Not going to happen. Uh, okay, let's see. Rank. This is from at KJ three MD. Rank in terms of po- probability of becoming an All Star. Giddy Jang J Dub. The twenty-three pick Poku and Trey Mann becoming an all-star. Pick. Yeah, twenty-three pick number one. Uh, 
Giddy number two. Trey Man three. I'd put J Dub over him. Yeah. All I'm thinking about Trey Man. So somebody's going to be left out at some point. I could see Trey Man being the guy that like some point the Thunder trade him to find something else and trade man. He he ends up becoming the Victor Oladipo in Indiana Indiana kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's all the shots and I think there's there is a reality that at some point picks and one of these guys is going to be packaged for something or someone. Yep. You know, that's I think that is definitely a reality. But I, I think it's Giddy or I think it's twenty three pick Giddy J dub. I don't know if Poku can be like an all star, especially with the way that he's like settled into this kind of player. Like I just think to me, if Poku can continue to hone these skills as like your fourth starter, like man, is that valuable to this team because Right now, they need they need what he gives them, and it's yeah. when he's not there, you notice. And if he start, I, I mean, there is a there's definitely a world where he's the one that starts next to Chet, especially if he can shoot. Yeah, and no question. Then they both can protect the rim. I mean, th- it's a this is this is a this is a pipe dream that is possible, and it's starting to get me like overly excited about the future of the thunder just because i just really like poku <laughs> you know uh but i don't know that he can be an all-star all-star but no i think that giddy 23 pick giddy and Dub are the ones that actually have a chance to do it just because i yeah. like, like i mentioned before like i believe in giddy and Dub's ceilings the hard part is you have to remember like the teams that get more than one all-star are elite. The teams that get more so than two good. are like all-time great teams. Right. So I think about the the Warriors. The, the Warriors, Warriors have gotten yes. three. And then that random Hawks team that basically set the world on fire. Yeah, they had like 60 wins. I think the, the Pistons were another team that had a bunch of all-stars. Yeah. That was just because the East was wild. Yeah. And ben Wallace and Chauncey Billups and Rip Hamilton and mm-hmm. Rasheed Wallace. Yep. Yeah, that was a good team. And but yeah, getting a, a third all-star is so tough. It's so, so tough to actually make that happen. You have to be out of this world good. Yeah. Speaking like of, even these Suns teams, right? Like these Suns teams, mm-hmm. you get Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and I mean Aiton, but the chance of all three of them making it. This, or Miles Bridges, I guess. Mc, nope, Mikael Bridges. Not Miles. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Jay's Turn already beating the drum for the Miles Bridges for the All-Star. No, I'm not. 100% <laughs> not. Uh, Kobe Zeller says, seven deserving West guards, only a max of six All-Star spots. Who does not make the cut? Steph, Luca, Draw, Dame, Booker, Fox, and Shea. I think it's Dame. I mean, Dame is not has been the worst of that group this year. He's missed a lot of time because of so the benefit, two different injuries. The benefit is is you've got the the fan vote. This is where it gets screwed up. If there's somebody that the fans yeah. like that's going to kick one more of those guys out, but uh-huh. the fans will elect. I mean, I would assume Don, uh, Luca and Steph, and then yeah. You're I moving towards right. Jaw, probably. Yeah, Jaw, 
And then, and then your coaches figure out the rest of them. Yeah. And the coaches, with the improvements that the Blazers yeah. have made, they, they may lead Dame just because of that. But Shea has They also had love enough. Shea, it seems like. Yeah. It's, it's possible that he doesn't make it in favor of Dame just because if you've made the all-star team, you're likely to make it again. Um, and it's just tough to get your first all-star berth. I could see there being like a debate between Fox and Shea. And if, and if the Kings continue to win, then it may, the nod may go to De'Aaron Fox. So I don't know. I, I think it's – and then there's usually an injury – that happens, and somebody yep. will get plugged in, and it'll almost always Shea. for sure. So, I don't know. We'll wait and see. It's still pretty. It's still a little early to to discuss that. But if it were me, I'd be cutting Dame out of that group, and everybody else stays in. As far as like the way the guys have played this season. Uh, okay, this might be the most important question that we've had in a long time. At Will G. Galbreath, Braith, Breath, Braith. Uh, he says, I feel like now is the perfect time to ask, has Poku reached guy status? He's played 15 games this season. As we mentioned earlier, 10 points, five boards, 1.7 assists, 1.9 blocks, 50, 40, 50 shooting splits. Is he a guy? You've gotten far too liberal with guy status. It's a problem. Yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't declared anyone a guy this season yet. But there's guys that have an existing guy status from previous yeah. conversations. Or does it reset every year? Uh, it doesn't reset. You know, Deontay Burton, who I think is playing in the G League now, still has guy status playing in the G League. <laughs> Josh, yes, Poku's a guy. Come on, man. I think he is. I think it's time to to declare guy status for Poku. He has done he has done enough this season through 15 games. And maybe that just sounds dumb. Maybe that's dumb. I don't know. I've said a lot of dumb things in my life. And that might be that might be my next one, but I don't think so. I think Poku's really developed. I think I think he deserves guy status. Let's go, Poku. Congratulations. You finally made it to uh you know, something on a niche Thunder podcast about something that doesn't quite make a lot of sense to most people. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, let's see. Ben Elephant King wants to know, who's in charge of the Kiss Cam, and why do they hate having a superstar in OKC? Did you see this? No. So Shay's girlfriend was put on the Kiss Cam next to, I don't know if it was a friend or like her brother or something. And they kept going back to her over and over again. And she felt very embarrassed. And it was very weird. Um, yeah. Just totally awkward times in Oklahoma City. I guess you got to alert the, the cameramen who our superstar's girlfriends are. But I see her all the time. Oh, all yeah? All the time. Where and at? I mean twice. Just like, <laughs> just like around? <laughs> yeah. So she... I told you all that story is I saw her one time walking uh, her little puppy dog mm -hmm. over here. So we, I, where we live has this huge track. And yeah. so a lot, I mean, it's packed. And so I saw her there one time when the dog was a puppy. And then I, the other day I'm pulling up, I don't even know who to notice who it is, but you start putting two together where I'm like, okay, 
she's got Canada basketball gear on yeah. and she's got a dog that looks just like the dog that was a puppy and now is a puppy. But I guess they live close enough by me to where they can come and like they walk the track by my house all the time. So anyway. Yeah. So if I was the cameraman, there would be no mistake. Yeah. And it's kind of weird the uh, when you keep going back to people on the kiss cam where it's like two people that obviously don't want to kiss and you're like, kiss do it it's weird it's weird the the too much yeah you know for as much as the organization doesn't want to do cool things like the beam <laughs> as much as they want to force Forcing people, people to kiss that don't want to kiss to kiss like that's that's <laughs> too much okay if they say no the first time you have yeah, to respect no it you know so it's like some it was like also like teenagers that were maybe like on their first date or something when she's just like no i'm not gonna do it and he's just sitting there like, I would like to do it, but she doesn't want to do it. Oh. And they kept going back to him. I just get so much single or secondhand embarrassment yeah. for stuff like yes, that. Yes, don't do that. Don't do that. That is wrong. That's morally wrong. That's just straight up bad. <laughs> I don't I don't get that. Uh, okay. I think that's it. I hope you guys are having a great Thanksgiving time. <laughs> I hope you guys are enjoying it. The Thunder play the Chicago Bulls in OKC tonight. I'll be there. Nice. Nice. I don't know if I'll be there. I don't know if my kids will be well enough for me to be there. I hope I can be there. But Chicago is kind of Bulls fun. are playing really well, too, man. Yeah, the, Bull, the Bulls are good. This is uh, you know Billy Donovan's return. You know, Will, will, he, will he get a... Uh, Something up on the jumbotron? His, Maybe him. His jersey retired. Yeah, well, we get his jersey. I think he's. I think he's has a beard. At least the last time I saw him on League Pass, he had a beard. Oh no, which seems weird. He, uh, you know, if I were running, you know, game ops, I would be playing over and over again. You know, anytime that there's like a blunder between, you know, with the Bulls, I would have him leaning over and saying, "Can't play Caner." Somebody just up on the jumbotron. Yeah, yep. just push the button every time. Yep, that's uh, that's that's probably it's like a top five, or maybe even top three Billy Donovan moment for him in the NBA. Is can't play Canner, don't you think? Yes, it might be not number exactly one. Exactly what you want to. <laughs> it might be the not number exactly one thing what you want to be your moment, but yes, yeah, coaching up teams that aren't great at defense to be good at defense, and then can't play canner those are like billy donovan's two things yeah the bulls the bulls last three games uh a week ago on friday so a week ago they lost to the magic by one point and then monday and wednesday beat the celtics by 13 and the bucks by five so who knows what to expect definitely losing tonight in oklahoma city (laughs) you heard it here that's what this means. All right. You guys have a great weekend. We'll be back with another episode for you guys on Monday. We will uh, talk to you guys then.